Welcome to Time to Market, a brand new podcast by Lean B2B and SK Murphy. In this episode, we're going to be discussing everything about AI. We're going to be talking about our experiments with AI and chatbots so far, whether ChatGPT is the destination or just a step along the way, whether it should be a B2B or a B2C product, where we see AI be most valuable in B2B and a lot of different other things. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. Hey, Sean, have you heard about this thing called ChatGPT? It's everywhere. It's on LinkedIn. It's on Twitter. It's on the internet. Have you been trying it out? Have you been trying a ChatGPT? Yeah, we we have a subscription to the OpenAI server, and then we're working with a team to install some extensions to that on our website. We're experimenting with that as well. So we have been experimenting with it. What's the, what do you feel is the motivation behind your exploration right now? Well, I so so people I work with on my team are very hard-headed, practical people. I know you would find that hard to believe listening to me, but but I, I, I need people that are, they have this, they like to get stuff done. They don't just like to talk about things, they like to get stuff done. So we've been looking at very, very simple applications. I think we found it useful three ways. First of all, the just the open AI one, you can get a quick and dirty start on new content that's, that maybe points out some things. It's kind of a bad version of something. We use it to get a quick and dirty summary of websites. So first of all, if it's a client website and the chat GTP summary looks completely different from what we were hoping for, then we have a problem. I think the other thing though, that's been very disappointing is that it's a very smooth liar and it's, and they've trained it there's a trend now with customer support where you get these fake apologies and people say, oh, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. I'm sorry, you know, they're reacting to some, it reminds me of, of, of like Eliza or whatever, but it's, there's no emotion there. It's just, it's just trained to, to simulate some. That's so that's my new. experience. That's not really new, right? Like the people, people have been using short text to be able to like get new content in Zendesk or like other tools like that. So it's not. The person is not actually right now feeling sad, right? Not at all. No, no, no. I, there's no, no. And, and, and by the way, Ch I'm, I'm pretty confident that chat GTP is not feeling sad at all either. I uh, think it's, that's very it's unfortunate. So I've been, I've been testing it quite a bit as well. Same thing. I guess it's more curiosity when everyone's talking about it. You don't really have a choice to start thinking about it, especially if you work in technology as we do. I've been using it in a few different ways. I've been trying to get some content out of it. Sometimes it's good for quick emails. I've been kind of building it up from there, asking simple questions, trying to get answers. But then one evening I started looking at it and I, I, I'm actually looking for a place to live in Italy. So I was comparing different parts of the country and trying to do research. So can you tell me out of these three, how would you rank them in terms of cost of living? How would you do this in terms of this? And since the results were actually pretty good, I started thinking, okay, so maybe this is the future. So I started trying to fit it more and more in, in my workflows. Enough so that the last newsletter that I did the last week, I actually gave it a full shot. I was like, okay, so everything's going to be from ChatGPT and I'm going to be working on it. I'm going to read some content and then have it summarize the content. I'm going to have it try to come up with a subject line for the, the email. I'm going to have it come up with a summary for the book that I was reviewing it. All these different bits and pieces of content. And it took the exact same amount of time 
as I was originally planning. I was trying to save time. So that was my goal with using ChatGPT. I was like, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to use this to cut maybe an hour of time in terms of like writing the newsletter and everything. It didn't work at all because one, like you said, it was a very competent liar. Like where I would give it an article, I would tell it, can you summarize this in two sentences? And since I had read the content before, I could actually tell that what he was actually telling me was not true. So it was not actually giving me the right information. It was kind of using the other questions that I asked before to kind of infer what this probably is, but was very confidently telling me a lie. And then I would ask it to revise it, would give me bad results again. And then I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, would give me one good sentence and then the other one would be wrong. I would ask it to change that sentence. It wouldn't work. And then I started testing with the other parts. Like, can you give me subject line? Would it give me things that don't work? And at the end of the day, it basically just shifted the amount of work, the type of work where it went from creating the first draft, which is always not frustrating, but definitely a certain amount of work. It moved the, the complexity towards editing, which is not usually the biggest complexity in terms of creating the newsletter. So at the end of the day, I went from six hours to six hours to create my newsletter, pretty much the same thing. And I'm seeing it as potentially very useful. I think there's clearly a great future for AI content and all these things, but there's still, it doesn't feel like it's a multiple of what we had before in terms of uh, other tools that were already helping us create content faster, like Jasper or Copy AI and all these things. So I'm left thinking after that, are we talking about a solution that addresses specific pains or specific problems, or we're actually the ones looking for problems to solve with ChatGPT? Well, ChatGTP itself has got a lot of capabilities, and I guess I would contrast it to something like Grammarly, which I use quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And Grammarly satisfies, it's got attention to detail, it's got completely traceable decisions. And every step of the way, you can say, no, I'm taking that suggestion or I'm not, right? And so I look at that as kind of intelligence amplification as opposed to artificial intelligence. And I think the thing that worries me about chat GTP is how opaque it is. Yeah, definitely. If, if I contrast that to, let's say, a Google search, not the Google AI stuff. So if Google points me at search results, I can go to the underlying website and I can form my own opinion of that author. And if I decide that I don't trust that author or that that author has got particular weaknesses, then I can adjust for that. Also, if I find that author has got valuable insights, let's say I end up on the lean B2B side, I go, man, I ought to read more stuff by this Garboogly guy. Then I can dig in. I don't need Google to bring me more results, right? Yeah. And I, I don't think, Chet, I, I think in the nature of how these models work, it's abstracting the source material. And I think that's a problem. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I did, I got curious and I asked it, what's the lean B2B methodology? And it actually gave an answer that I probably wish I could give myself. Like it was actually very good. But then I asked Chad GPT, like, what are the sources for this? Like, where did you get the information? I would like to be able to retrace it back and know where I described it so eloquently. 
uh, and he was not able to tell me where it got the information. Then you do wonder, like, is this based on things that the algorithm should have had access to start with? And there's, there's ethical questions there. There's questions about the source of information. Not everyone wants their information to be publicly indexable by a private tool. So there's, there's all these things that you kind of wonder there. And I was reading last week's a report that uh, an AI scientist w- did. And he was talking about how basically it was about giving 60% right answers, which is more than 50%, which is already a better than a coin flip. But at the end of the day, it's always confidently saying things, even though it's, it's wrong and it will repeat it or it will change it based on when you, you pass the query. So there's a lot of things that I think can be bad. But to be honest, like ChatGPT is one tool. It's just maybe just the more visible materialization, the one that is kind of kind of at the top of everyone's mind or, or the one that was brought forth through a very effective go-to-market strategy. But if we look at this more broadly and we take a step back, so how do you see this playing out? How do you see the AI situation with ChatGPT or beyond ChatGPT moving forward? So I think there's a couple things going on. I, so if we look at search engines, which I thought was a huge breakthrough, whether it's behind the firewall, intranet search, or things like AltaVista and then Google, it allowed you to find a lot of information that was useful, right? I remember putting on location on my hard drive and finding all kinds of, of documents that otherwise it would take me a while to find. So, so in that sense, I think to me, it's way more about helping people get their jobs done better. But to me, that argues for smaller private data stores. I think that involves figuring out how you're going to incorporate expert feedback and curation as you can with grammar, you can say, look, turn these rules off. I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, and it seems like it gradually, and I keep making some of the same mistakes over and over again. So that's helpful because it's gradually training me where to put commas and all that. <laughs> but I think it's more about, is this enabling more effective collaboration amongst knowledge workers and amplifying what they can accomplish? I think it's a mistake to talk about AI. I think that's really, I think we should talk about semantic technologies or taxonomy tools or ontology tools or those kind of things. I think ultimately we're going to fracture apart a lot of the functions that are in chat GTP and use them as, instead of saying, here's this big toolbox at the end, I'm going to say, here's a screwdriver, here's how you use it. Here's a hammer, here's how you use it, right? And forget where I saw this analogy, but a knife and fork, it's a lot easier to eat your food than to get out a hammer and a screwdriver, right? So... Yeah. The fact that these are powerful tools, the opaqueness, the opacity, whatever, the lack of traceability, I think is an extremely serious problem. And nobody seems to care about that. Well, I'm saying that's not true, but sorry. But I guess my, my question there, is it so new? I went to Saster in, in, in San Francisco in 2015, I think. And they were talking about like every product will have AI in it. And even back then, I was working for an AI startup that had its own algorithms. There's a lot of tools that we use, like you mentioned Grammarly, they're using AI as well. Like a lot of the tools, and there's been a lot of like research studios, there's been a lot of funding in Montreal, where I'm from, and in terms of AI all across the US, Google had a similar product that they were not releasing because it probably 
put their business in jeopardy. But so why are we talking about ChatGPT? And we're not talking about AI as much just six months ago. Is it, is it, is it about the, the content generation, the ability to create images? Is it because they found a really good way to attract attention? Or it's because it just made it, made it more real, made it more concrete for people? So in a certain sense, I think what they've seized on is what the future of search should look like, which is that you would like to ask questions. We've become a little oblivious or inured to the idea that I'm typing in keywords for you to find documents that match. And what you'd really like to do is what you're a step closer to with ChatGPT is to ask questions. Yeah. And so in that sense, I think they've presented a user interface, which is much more how people naturally think about the problem. If you, if you, I think there are people still with these jobs, certainly in large companies, but if you talk to a reference librarian, you ask that person questions. You don't say, here's the keywords I'm looking for. Do you know any books that talk about, you've got specific research topics. And I think in that sense, the chat GTP guys have seized on a use case, they may or may not be able to execute on it very well in the end, but I think they've, I think they've defined the interface that people actually want to use. So is ChatGPT more of a great UI? I think that's why people are talking about it because a whole bunch of people that, that would have no desire to learn a new AI tool say, oh, I can chat with somebody and ask questions. So they lowered the barrier to trial ability at least. Yeah. So one thing I do wonder about is, is ChatGPT or OpenAI's products, are they intended to be B2C products? Or is that just a step along the way on the journey to becoming more of a B2B play? Like I know they got a lot of funding from Bing, uh, from Microsoft, and now they're going to be integrated in a lot of tools with Microsoft. Is that, was that always the direction? Are they using basically an army of people doing queries to kind of get the use case to come out? Are they using it as a way to get attention so they can get the B2B buyers to eventually gravitate towards their solution? Or is this all things that just are going to happen, but that were not necessarily intended? You know, I'm not as aware of what they're doing. They have dramatically changed the way that they organize themselves because they started out as an open source project and they've now kind of reoriented. So I'm not sure that I would, so I'm not sure if they've been entirely candid as to their real plans. So I don't spend a lot of time on that. I do think it's the case that, and the thing that attracted me to try and work with it on the website is, I, I think that people would like to come to your website, to my website, to a lot of specialized websites and ask questions and get help based on the information that's there. And you can call that a search engine. You can call that a chat agent. Yeah. And these virtual reps have been around certainly since like 97, 98. So they've been around a long time. I used to train them and program them and all this, right? So it's not, it, again, it's a longstanding, I think that application, and I think that if you restrict the domain, it's going to get even, I, I think it's going to be easier in a very narrow domain to give good answers than to try and obsolete Google with good answers across the board. Well, so, so let me re-ask the question then. In that case, 
Is it just a B2B tool that is looking for its, its right applications? Like now everyone's talking about it. Everyone's considering AI. Everyone, every buyer in organization is probably thinking, how do we actually adjust this to our specific use case? We have all this data that we like to use. Can we just feed that to a chat GPT-like product? It, it feels like they have found a really clever way to kind of shortcut the decision-making process and actually find the early adopters within our organization. If I am looking at this from a purely strategic perspective, then I can just flip it around look at what organizations have actually signed up for ChatGPT. What are they using it for? And can I repackage that to actually sell them products afterwards? A little bit the same thing that Amazon or Google are doing and when they're doing like extension products or added products in terms of, of to build off their, their data sets. Well, so we went through this with Watson, right? And let's just say that the, the confident, optimistic promises that were made about Watson didn't bear fruit, right? So I think probably what's going on, if I'm just speaking hypothetically, if I was a Microsoft enterprise salesperson, I'm probably getting a lot of inquiries about what are you guys doing with chat GTP, but bearing in mind what happened with Watson not too many years ago, I don't necessarily want to get into a major account mm -hmm. and make some promises. No one has actually come back with a particular use case. I mean, the examples they're citing sound to me a lot like the Jeopardy case that Watson did. So, so ChatGPT can pass the bar, but the bar exam is not, it's a very restricted, narrow domain where if you have perfect knowledge, it is kind of handy, right, of, the, of a particular body of law. So I don't know that anybody has unlocked, I don't know that there's, I don't know if there are case studies where people say, we've installed and deployed JetTP and we've delivered this result. I mean, if I were to take your case study as an example, it would be like, wow, you turned six hours of effort using JetTP <laughs> into six hours, six, <laughs> six hours of arguing prompt engineering. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And getting mad at it. Right. Right. And, and, and beginning a million apologies that, you know, don't really <laughs> seem to change its behavior. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry you're having a bad day at the end. I can't open the pod bay door. Right. You know? But yeah. Uh, so I do, do think there is two discussions there. So there's AI or like you're, you were mentioning more like language models a little bit on that front. And there's the UI. I do see chat GPT as a very, very definitely the best language based a UI that I've ever used, like if you compare to all the bots that we are forced dealing with because banks bought, bought solutions that were not good. But I do see a, an extreme amount of value with AI, especially in situations where companies have their own unique data sets, have their own domain knowledge, knowledge or are able to kind of use their unique information or information that is related to their customers or anything like that and use it in, as a way to create more signal or create more value out of information and different data points that they might have available to them. So there's, there's definitely a tremendous amounts of innovation potential that are, that are on both of these fronts. I don't know if you kind of see where I'm going with these, kind of that split in terms of the two value, the two main uh, discussions, I guess. No, I see the UI and I see the, the carefully curated private data store. And, and if you talk about the restricted domain, if you're talking about prepared users, so to speak, 
but to me, you're talking B2B. And so in the, in the model where you put on your website a chat GTP enabled agent just to pick something, right? The thousand web browsers that come there are not paying chat GTP. You're paying chat GTP. And so to me, that's a B2B application. It may have a whole bunch of quote consumer users, but the person who's writing the check or paying for each, each little microtransaction is that you could charge for the queries. That's, that's the business. And so to me, it's a B2B play. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think it was a very clever way to kind of bring it to that. But so if we're connecting our previous episodes, we're discussing about entrepreneur, we're discussing about, uh, does it make sense to start a business? Does it make sense to start in B2B? How do you see that as being an opportunity for, for tech entrepreneurs or people that are considering going into entrepreneurship? Like how should they look at the new landscape now that we have new UIs? And the models are going to be probably exploding in terms of variety, but also in terms of quality moving forward, hopefully. So I think you have to have a data store which doesn't get digested by OpenAI. And I think a lot of companies that are going to use this are not going to consent to turn over internal corporate information to a third party where it can be commingled and remixed. I mean, I think I think GitHub Copilot is not a, I think that's, people are not going to sign up for turning over all their source code to, to GitHub so they can then be shared with all their competitors. So I think that's one side of it. So I think you've got to figure out how do you use something, how do you use a large language model where you're not transferring all the value back to whoever, whoever owns the common store, right? It's a little bit like trying to compete with Google. You have to pick areas that are too small to get their attention. And by the way, they tried to get into enterprise search several times and failed. Yep. So yeah. it's not, I mean, there's, there's, and if they, if you take Google glass as another one, there's a huge opportunity in augmented reality, but because they, they started as a consumer app, they tried to be horizontal. I think people are going to end up competing against chat GTP, not necessarily using the open AI model directly, but in, in finding ways to carve off small niche problems that are high value for a small market. Yeah. But you also into that earlier a little bit, like everything kind of goes in phases of bundling and unbundling and bundling and unbundling to some extent, like you could see chat GPT as an horizontal platform that is good at everything, but is not necessarily experts at anything. So you could definitely see a future where they become the UI or they become a complementary data set to something else that, or their model is used as a way to make sense of other data elsewhere that is private in, in that case. I do think there might be concerns with privacy in that, that front, but I do see some, some level of unbundling and creation of smaller apps. I do see that their speed of innovation can be a real worry for entrepreneurs, because we're not talking about, we're no longer talking about Cisco launching a new product or anything like that. Like we're talking about people that are launching new major algorithm every six months. So it is oh, a different I, challenge, I think. Well, it's a little bit like, you know, how was, how was God able to make the world in six days, right? He had no install base. <laughs> so the things you can do in the very beginning, it's not clear to me how fast they're, and so I agree with your assessment. There's going to be a lot of opportunity here. It's going to look more B2B than consumer. 
I think we're at the point where Watson won Jeopardy with ChatGTP right now. And then a whole bunch of medical hospitals signed up for deals that they then quietly canceled a few years later. It, it is not the first attempt and it is probably not the last one. Although in the future, if the future they control, they would like them to be the, the last, I guess, operating system from UI, from AI that we use. The thing that scares me most about it is its efforts to be convincing. When I would, to your point, when you were arguing with it, so to speak, for your six hours, you would have preferred it to say, you know, I'm not really sure about if you'd hired somebody and they were so confident and so wrong so many times, at the end of that six hours, you would say, look, you know, I agreed to pay you for six hours. Here's your money. Thanks. I'm going to call you back when I need you again, which will be never. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to, it's going to steal our jobs, at least not in the next five no. years. And no. I, I actually don't think it's going to be necessarily stealing the job of books as well, because it's going to be so fragmented and inconsistent in terms of knowledge association and also creating that value afterwards. So I do feel safer than I felt the first day that it, it launched where I was like, okay, like if this, this is actually good, like there's things that got to be reconsidered, but now I see way more the opportunities. So maybe this is the normal panic cycle of new massive innovations coming up. Well, I'll leave you with one thought. So you've written what, three books now? Four. Four. All right. And, and they're well researched, well done. I've read two of them. My son, the other two are as good. I just, you know, it would be interesting. And, and these were all self-published, right? So it would be interesting to be able to include in a, in a chat agent on your website, give it access to those four books to answer questions yep. and maybe limit it in some way. So it only comes back with three paragraphs from, and like, I can't use it to like download your book and read your book. Right. But, but it seems to me that you've got a body of work there, yep. that there were ways that you could ask questions of it. Uh, that would be a force multiplier on what you've already done. Well, let's do, let's do it this way then. So if someone was listening has the ability to do that and is able to offer this, or reach out to me on Twitter or by email. I think this is probably a good breakout point for the conversation, Sean. Yep. Uh, yep. Th thanks so much for taking part. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to Time to Market. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on your favorite app and join us next week for more B2B banters.